0: and welcome back to our podcast. I'm Lois. I'm Jada. I'm
1: Bree, And I'm Lydia.
0: Today we are talking about the toxic self-love
2: culture. Is it selfless or selfish? So what is self-love? I feel like self-love through a Christian lens, which is what we should be viewing it as, um, is recognizing the greatness of your Creator, which is God, and then recognizing the beauty of His creation and His purpose for you. And we are His creation, and we are doing and fulfilling His purpose. And what I found is that when you immerse yourself in Scripture and when you do want to become one with the Lord in all your ways and everything that you're doing— It's just this Christ like selfless self. (laughs) This Christ like selfless self love comes out just automatically. Yeah,
0: for sure. I think the way the world views self love versus how the Bible views self love is so different. Mm -hmm. So the world views it as like, Basically accepting yourself, loving yourself for just who you are, mm-hmm. embracing what makes you different, whether that's just the way you look or the sins you embrace. So like the song Born This Way is saying, hey, I'm born this way, so accept me, accept my sins. That's not self-love. At least that's not biblical self-love. The self-love want the world wants
2: is accepting and embracing no matter what. It's selfishness. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's basically saying like put yourself first above anything or anyone else. And so like that's what we view it as in the world and that's what they do. So eventually if we as Christians start viewing it as that, not only will everyone else become last in our life and we're no longer go doing our purpose for the Lord, but eventually when we put ourselves first and continually do that, God is last on our list mm-hmm. and then we're no longer serving Him the way that we should yeah i think the world's view of self-love is it's selfish
1: it's self-seeking it's shallow empty you know i think it's like the world says oh if you can do enough of your favorite things if you can do enough of the things that you care about that make you happy then you're gonna be happy like that's that's just how it is but in reality that's not the case um the world's view is just it's just shallow and every time you try to feel fill your your life or your mind with the things that you think are going to make you happy you're going to turn up empty every time because it's not the things of god and god has created us as humans to be satisfied by him and that's where true love comes from and we we have to seek that from god you can't seek that from from the world and the world's view of it is very very tarnished and Yeah. Have you seen
0: the, I think it's it's shared on Instagram all the time, but do what makes you happy and then happy is marked out and it says do what makes you holy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the difference between Mm -hmm. the worldview and how a Christian should view. Doing what makes us happy, which doing what makes us holy should make us happy. I mean, I'm much happier as a Christian as I was without, you know? So I just, I don't, I can't imagine. That isn't necessarily
3: always the case. Like sometimes it's It's not
1: going to always make us happy. True. True. It can be very hard sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think, I think it's like keeping in mind that all of God's, everything that God wants us to do is for our good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's recognizing that everything that the world has to offer is shallow. It is empty. Mm -hmm. That has, it's just void. It's going to turn up void every time. And so it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to do all these things and go get a pedicure and love on myself extra, um, do the things I would do for other people to myself, because that's what the world says is good. And Jesus literally washed feet. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, and that was love. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah. we've seen the world view and how it's mm-hmm. selfish. What does the Bible say about self-love? I think like a lot of topics, there's some positive views and some negative ones. But 2 Timothy three two says, For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, and unholy. It's in there with people who are unholy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Then in verse five, it says to turn away from such people. Turn away. Yeah.
2: I feel like there's this. There's so many sayings because this is such a big topic right now. Mm -hmm. So there's so many different sayings that the world is coming up with to help Mm -hmm. you feel okay that you're actually being selfish, that it's not. And they're encouraged. Okay, to do exactly. That. Yeah. And one that me and Lydia, when we were talking about, when we had a group chat, and we were talking about this. Lydia brought up the you can't fill others' cups if your cup isn't full, and we were just like, she was like, it just really gets on my nerves and kind of annoys me, and I was like, yeah. me too. Yeah. I can't <laughs> but pour on from it. an empty cup, and it's like, okay, yeah, because there's nowhere in scripture where that is found, yeah. or even that idea is found, because what happens. Is that when we say, okay, if my cup's not full, then I can't. And by a cup not being full, the world means, and sometimes, and that's trickling into Christianity because I see it a lot. That means, okay, I need to go get a massage. I need to go fill it with all these physical things and these things that aren't biblical or not necessarily wrong, but yeah. it's yeah. still like filling it with nothingness. And so we say, okay, my cup's not full. I'm feeling stressed. I can't have that Bible study with this person. So that may be the chance that that person was needed to Mm -hmm. get to heaven. And then, but because our cup's not full, it's like, okay, well, I can't do that or I can't serve or I can't do this. And it may not even take that much of your time, but we're like, I can't do this because my cup's not full. And if my cup isn't full, I can't Mm -hmm. pour into other cups. But then who is supposed to fill our cup? Like, because again, when we're saying my cup's not full, we're filling it with this nothingness, this like just physical things. But who's supposed to fill our cup? Psalm 23 5 says my cup runs over and Lydia brought this up and it just like I loved this. It, <laughs> uh, it says my cup runs over because I have never even looked at it like this. And why is his cup full? And the psalmist, when he writes this, why mm-hmm. is his cup full? We see in other previous verses it says his cup is overflowing because the lord is his shepherd psalm 23 1 because the lord leads him into righteousness psalm 23 verse 3 and because the lord is with him and and will comfort him psalm 23 4 all of these things leads him to saying my cup runs over yeah not because all these physical things that he has or all these physical things that he's filling his cup with but because he has the Lord, and if we're continually going to the Lord when we feel when we feel like our cup isn't filled, then it's going. He's going to fill it, mm-hmm. and we're gonna have. We're going to have make the time yeah. to do that.
1: Yeah, I kind of think it's a first world problem, honestly. If you think mm-hmm. about it, it's like in America we have to be so concerned with oh my cup's not full, right. oh I haven't had my pedicure for the month, or I haven't yeah. had this, and it's kind of like wow, like that kind of I don't know. Just even thinking about it is just so it is selfish it really is because it's like if we had nothing absolutely nothing if everything was stripped away from us our cup would still be full because our cup is filled by god because he's our shepherd and to your point brie like i think that's just a good thing to remember is we can we can pour from an empty cup because god is the one who's filling it if he's the one filling it right. if we're trying to fill it from the world it's just going to turn up empty every time like i think it goes back to that so who is the
2: one yeah. that we're having fill our cup and do you notice that when you do like because i've done this before when i'm like oh my cup feels empty so i'm gonna go shopping yep and yep. then it's great and yeah. it feels great and i'm not saying again that that's sinful or wrong but when i'm done it's like oh well i'm back to feeling empty again Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's not it's a, temporary, substantial. It's a
1: temporary uh fix exactly. right it's just like
2: okay well abandoned. i feel good for
1: the next 30 minutes and then You're not actually fixing anything. Mm -hmm. Nothing feel you're not actually getting full.
3: When I think of my cup being like empty, I think of when I'm super overwhelmed and I feel like I don't have it in me to help anyone else or go to that youth devo or Bible study. But when you like actually make yourself go to those things, it fills your
0: cup up even more. Yes. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. I think this generation and I've seen it a lot in the generation above us too, are all about themselves, which it's really hard not to be because of the world mm-hmm. that we live in, mm-hmm. but that's not how Christ intended for it to be at all. Yeah. At all. And we definitely won't fill our cups by putting ourselves above other people over and over again. And I think like with the Bible study thing, we all think, or not, I don't, all, I'm not putting words into your mouth, <laughs> but a lot of people will use the excuse of, okay, well, somebody else will do it. That's mm-hmm. what we have evangelists for. Mm-hmm. That's what we have ministers for. Mm-hmm you can reach so many souls that those preachers cannot reach mm-hmm. and there's people in my life that my preacher has never met my preacher will probably never meet and even if my preacher did meet them he's not going to have the same relationship i did people view preachers as oh we can't talk to him you know what i mean not everybody but a lot of people are like ah oh, it's a lot more uncomfortable to have a bible study with a preacher if you're yeah. not religious mm-hmm. yeah than to have a bible study with my friend lois mm-hmm. So
3: frustrating. First um, Corinthians thirteen five says, "Love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil." So, is it possible to have this love for yourself and not be selfish? Uh, Mark t- Mark twelve thirty through thirty one says, "And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength." This is the first commandment. And the second, like it is, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these.
0: So Paul is saying to love your neighbor through the golden rule to treat them as you want to be treated. And this isn't the same as like us going and looking in the mirror like, oh, you look so pretty today, Brie. You know, but we do know how we want to be treated Mm -hmm. as people. Mm -hmm. Do we treat people the same way? Mm hmm. And then I think
3: the order of those commandments are purposeful. First, it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind, and then love your neighbor as yourself. We can't fully love our neighbor
0: if we don't fully love God. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think a big thing, too, is like I look at myself and I see all of my faults like I'm by far my worst, my worst critic. And I just look at myself and think, how How am I deserving of this? And I'm not. I'm not at all. But God still loved me despite all of my Mm -hmm. flaws, despite me sometimes wanting to put myself above. But how can we do that? I I don't know. I can't have a clear mind of, okay. let me put myself above. When Jesus literally died for me, Mm -hmm. Jesus literally died for me. And God doesn't see me for my flaws. He says we're far more precious than rubies in Proverbs 315, I think. But... He doesn't see us as that. He sees us as worthy of the
1: sacrifice and worthy of His Son dying for us. Yeah, yeah. I think we have to see ourselves the way that God sees us. That's yes. where it starts. Yes. And um, you know, I think of Jeremiah thirty-one and verse three that says, where God says, "I have loved you with an everlasting love," and such can be said for all of mankind mm-hmm. for all of time. And I think that's just something that we have to keep in mind because knowing that we are loved by God gives us the confidence that we need in ourselves because we know where our worth and our value comes from. It comes from him. Um, you know, 1 John 4, verses 8 through 10. And I love this so much. But it says, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us mm-hmm. and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. I mean, comes kind of to your point, Lois, you know, I've I've made a note in my Bible that says, or right beside first John four, verse eight through 10 that says, God can no more cease to love than sour, than flowers can <laughs> refrain from blooming. And, you know, I think it's important to keep in mind, like flowers bloom. It's what they do. And mm-hmm. God loves because it's who he is. Mm-hmm. And that's where, that's where our love for ourselves comes from is recognizing who God is, who he's created us to be, the value that he's given us, and then going forth from that.
0: Mm-hmm. Anyone who does not love does not know God and that includes loving ourselves Mm -hmm. yeah love does not exist apart from God and we cannot fill our cups by ourselves Mm -hmm. it's through God and I think knowing we are loved by God should give us a confidence like no other like the world can't give us a confidence like this
1: No, No.
0: love doesn't exist apart from God Mm -hmm. Um, I think one of the biggest things about
3: self-love and having that love for yourself is taking care of yourself like you're saying the world sees it as like getting a pedicure, going shopping. But if we look in the scriptures, even Jesus did things to take care of himself. Mm-hmm. He prayed. Uh can you read Luke five sixteen?
0: Yeah. If I can get there, that would be helpful. <laughs> Taking my time. <laughs> Okay, Luke five sixteen. So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed.
3: So he often prayed. Like that's how he took care of himself. That's how we should take care of ourselves is praying yeah. often. And Jesus attended faithfully. Uh, in Luke 4, 16, it talks about it was his custom to go to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. That's how he took care of himself. That's us taking care of ourselves and bettering ourselves is by attending faithfully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he also did take time for himself, which for me, I can't take care of myself fully if I'm just surrounded by people all the time. Like that (laughs) does overwhelm me. And I do. I need time to study the scriptures myself and to pray myself and have that personal relationship with God myself. Mark one thirty-five says, and rising very early in the morning while it was dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place and there he prayed. And then Jesus also had his inner circle. He had his friends. Part of self-care, I think, is having the right people in your mm-hmm. life. And Jesus had those people. He had Mary and he had Lazarus. I have you guys. That's part of my self-care. <laughs> <laughs> and he had the right purpose. He His life was for the fathers and... Focusing on Christ, we're not going to be focused on ourselves so much. And the way we, our view will be on him, not ourselves. Mm -hmm. And the best self-care we can have is putting
1: Christ before ourselves. Yeah, I love all of that. I think that's so good. Uh, John 10 and verse 14 is a verse that comes to mind as well that says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. And I find so much comfort in that verse because I think it goes all the way back. It's like the New Testament version of Psalm 23 (laughs) of he is our shepherd and he knows us, he knows who we are. And I think one of the greatest examples of this that stands out in my mind is when Mary Magdalene was weeping by the tomb of Jesus in John chapter 20. And she did not know it was Jesus standing there. And she asked, and he asked, woman, like, why are you weeping? Like, what are you doing? You're just sitting here. And who are you seeking? And Mary thought that he was the gardener because she Jesus was not revealed to her. And so she asked him to tell her where she, where he had laid Jesus so that she could take him away. And then Jesus just simply said to her, Mary, like he just said her name. He just called her name. And here she was searching and seeking for her Jesus, that one that she had walked with so much. And he just he just called her by name and just said Mary. And so here she was looking for her precious Jesus and he calls her by name. And if we're daughters of the King, we can find comfort in knowing that he knows our name. Like that's where Mm -hmm. our love, like we can know and rest in his love for us because he is our shepherd and he cares for us. And I think it's hard to fathom his love, especially if we've been believing the lies of the enemy, which I think the world the, Satan has such a strong hold on the world and he does so well with that of just making you believe all these lies about yourself. Like God doesn't know you. He doesn't care about you. You're gonna find your fulfillment in all your hopes and dreams and everything that's in the world. When really in reality, we have to see ourselves the way that he sees us. Otherwise, I mean, we don't, we're not going to go forth and do how, like be who he's called us to be because we're not living out of that love that he has for us.
0: Makes me think of Isaiah 43, verse one, where it says, the Lord says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. I love that verse. It's one of my favorites. I, I love that so much. I believe a big part of why our world is struggling with self-worth mm-hmm. is because they're looking for it in the wrong places. Yep. Mm-hmm. Our worth isn't found in a guy mm-hmm. or in it's just anything worldly. Our worth is found in the father in God, and we're not going to find our mm-hmm. worth by looking for it in the world. Yeah.
3: And we can't even determine our own worth. Like, no. I can't I can't even determine your own worth and how valuable you are, but Jesus can. Jesus Died for you. Jesus thought you were so valuable.
1: Yeah. Do y'all mm-hmm. remember those toys as kids? Like this just came to my mind. But do y'all remember those toys as kids that are like it's like the hexagon, like the little they have all the shapes on it. And you have to like put all the shapes, the little pieces into the ball or into the yeah. piece. Yeah. To, but if you like try to put the heart where the star is, like it's not gonna go in. And I feel like that's constantly what we try to do when we try to when we take all that the world's throwing at us we're trying to like shove all of that into this piece of our heart that only god can fill and satisfy Mm -hmm. and instead we're just trying we're like no this like the heart has to fit in the star like it's not but it's not the same shape it's not going to fit and no matter what we do no matter what we try we're gonna come up every time not being able to do that because god is the only one who can fill that part of us, and if I, if our love for ourselves and for other people isn't coming from Him and His Word, and we're not seeing others and valuing ourselves the way He values us, then we're gonna come up empty every time because that piece isn't going to fit, and our cups will always be empty. Always empty, yeah, because yeah, He's the only one that can fill them. So we're just kind of constantly be searching and trying to fill a void that only He can fill.
0: And it's such a blessing too, I think, that our worth is not found in things in the world mm-hmm. because the world is so inconsistent. Yeah, like I feel like the world views confidence is being arrogant or cocky and it views being insecure as like oh you don't know your worth mm-hmm. or if you put on makeup you're trying too hard just there's so many things where it's you just can't get it right and like mm-hmm. i'll look at other people i'll think man they have it all together and they look at me and they think the same thing yeah so i'm so glad that our standard is not man mm-hmm. but our worth is in god
2: we're told so many different things especially like in the world we're told all of these different things, that this will gain you confidence, this will gain you self-worth. But when I think of confidence and when I think of self, self-worth, self I think of Psalm 139, verse one says, Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. Verse two, you know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my laying down and are acquainted mm-hmm. with all my ways. When I was in high school, I really like just wanted this, like I wanted everybody to know me. I wanted to be popular. And then I, I read this verse, and I read these verses, and I know that there might be girls who feel like that right now here in high school or wherever you are, but when I read these, it just made me know that I'm known by the same God who made the universe, and Not only are you known by him, but verse 13 and 14 say for you formed my inward parts and covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and my soul knows very well. So it really just comes down to does your soul know very well? Yeah. And. Yeah. yeah. Is that what you're resting in? I think it goes back
1: Mm -hmm. to. Honestly, Psalm 23 is such a good passage to just keep in mind all the time. But is the Lord my shepherd? Am I resting? Like am I is he guiding me in those pastures and in the way? Is he the one filling my cup? Is he the one where I'm going to for my comfort, that love, that value? Because he's the one who made me. He's the one who knows me inside and out. And mm-hmm. if I'm not going to him, then I'm I'm not actually going to the source.
3: Mm-hmm. Um Jeremiah seventeen seven through eight is a verse that I was looking at when studying this. And it says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. So I think our self esteem, should be founded upon knowing that I am who God says that I am mm-hmm.
0: our confidence should be rooted in Christ yeah first Corinthians 3 4 through 5 says such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward God not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us but our sufficiency is from God that's a good verse yeah. that is good that's so no matter what I do
3: and I I can do things that make me just feel terrible about myself, but I can repent and I can know God's going to forgive me. And I can know that I'm sufficient because
1: I have God and he makes me sufficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I love the word that you use Jada about being rooted in him. Like if, if we're rooted in him, then we're going to be a, a healthy tree that's coming forth and bearing fruit, good fruit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because we are loving ourselves the way that he loves us and, and, we're rooting ourselves in that right like i think the world sees it as it's not anything that's going to be fruitful mm-hmm. you can do all those things you can you can chase after everything that the world says is good for you this is how you love yourself this is how you can do those things but if we're not rooted in jesus then we're not growing. We're not ever going to be happy. We're not ever going to be full of joy because that's the fruit that that Christian life produces because we know where our value comes from. We know who loves us and we're able to go forth from there.
0: And at the end of the day, we are supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we do have to love ourselves, yeah. but we love God so much and love him more than we love ourselves. And the love comes. Yeah. So I think the world is saying Put yourself first. Put yourself first mm-hmm. in all of these different aspects of life. And God is just saying, I bought you. You are mm-hmm. so precious to me. I, redeemed I love you. you. Mm-hmm. And so we should put Christ first, put God first. And in doing so, we will love ourselves mm-hmm. because we will see our worth through him.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And it goes back to what you said. Do what makes you holy instead of happy. Mm-hmm. Doing what makes you holy is our self-care.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, so good. <laughs> Well, I think that's a wrap for today. Do y'all have anything else you want to add? No? No? Well, thank you so much for listening. We have really enjoyed studying for this topic. It's something that we're all very passionate about. And we're all like, yes, we want to talk about this. We're so excited. But as always, if you have a question, message any of us on any social medias. We would love to talk to you. We love making friends all the time. So thank you so much for listening.